Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by Pete Carroll to my Bill Belichick. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, full of full of energy, uh, chewing some bubba gum. I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be Bill Belichick because I want to be evil so badly, but I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. I don't think you put as much effort into anything as Bill Belichick puts into everything, except no, for dressing. Not, that's not. That's not true, dude. You should. You should really see how the front of my my front yard looks right now, because man, my <laughs> thumbnails hurt real bad uh, so for, from picking out Working all those that weeds. COVID lawn. Uh, so, and our. Our very own Andy Reid. That's right. Rocking the Hawaiian shirt right now. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? All right. Back to making fun of me. We're back what? to normal. What? Are you kidding me? You just came off a Super Bowl championship, Eric. Yeah. Our, our very own Matt Patricia now after that comment. <laughs> our very own Bill Eric O'Brien. Our very own Bill O'Brien, you, Eric. You can't, you can't call me Matt, Matt Patricia, Patricia unless uh, you know I'm asleep. Which, oh, wait. What, what is that? What is that under your hat right there? Oh, is that a pencil, Eric? <laughs> take it away i just pull out another pencil eric would have you know that the asked not to use pencils so he thinks he's ahead of himself <laughs> uh, that whole space pen thing is overblown you know that guy's got <laughs> two more years at least there's a oh, legitimate God. reason in his life like no. before he dies of coronary artery disease he's or... got five years in his life two years on his uh, as being a head coach you just watch well, he went from six wins to three wins, so I'm assuming next year they'll have one and a half wins. I don't know what that looks like, but <laughs> yeah, but he just maybe that's just one the more year to pull it together, and he's gonna get it. Four more years. I just it's like Adam Gase where they keep making excuses, like, "Hey, th- this is it's not his fault that," and it's like, eh, "Okay, all right." Anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, bef- uh, Kevin, I know. So we're kind of. Um, Back to uh, normal. There is like very little uh, official Seahawks news except for a couple things that I wanted to bring up. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. The Seahawks are claiming in their season ticket holder emails that fans will be in the stands this season. Are you buying or selling that, Eric? Selling that. No way. Get out of here. It's. Yeah. Uh, are we counting Korean League style inflatable fans? Because yeah. then I'm buying. <laughs> I'm all in. Can sex, can sex I dolls? get can I get a season ticket? Reserve a spot for the sex doll to sit. Did, did you did like, you did you read section, that story? Section one thirty four, seat fifteen B. That's uh that that's uh Veronica up there. I First put her there. All, I I read that story about like the Korean league, and then they accidentally put sex dolls. First of all, they weren't like you know how sometimes you see a sex doll, and you're like, that's a sex doll because the mouth way the mouth looks. But then I looked at these <laughs> ones, and they didn't. They looked like normal people, and I was like, they could have gotten away with this if they would. They sold themselves out. They like they snitched on themselves. What are they doing? Well, they, the, like Lars and the real girl. Pretty yeah. much what they did is they somebody came out and said. Are those sex dolls? And then they were like, well, yeah, but we asked the manufacturer and they said no. But yeah, they are. <laughs> like they basically said, well, we, we we confirmed they wouldn't be. But when we got them, they obviously were. Hey, man, the Philly Fanatics is sex doll. Nobody makes a big deal out of that. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So um, the the thing is, OK, Carlos Hyde, he had a shoulder injury the whole time. Yeah. So. <laughs> So our, our like we all thought like okay we we signed Carlos Hyde it's like a nice you know plan B if if uh, if both Carson and Penny aren't ready to go Penny looks very not ready to go but you know Carson's not ready to go and uh, okay now 
I don't even know what to think. Like he has an injury. We pick, we picked up another injury guy. Was it like it's just, the thing that I haven't really heard? It was just like a routine shoulder shoulder, uh, shoulder surgery, like a cleanup thing, like they normally do, right? Because that's what it sounded like to me based on the report. Would it, would did Pete say it? I hope it. I hope it's a scope. Yeah, just like a scope. That's what it sounded like because no one seemed to think it was a problem or like a worry or anything. Pete didn't say it was a shoulder thing, so I figure he has both arms still. Yeah, um, and then yeah, that's that's about it for like uh, Seahawks directly related news um michael sean duggar went on the field goals podcast this week week uh thought it was pretty good did you guys read anything this week that you feel like people needed to uh to to read or or watch nothing that um, anyone needs to read or watch but i'm i'm watching our clowny slash griffin watch our defensive player signing watch i'm just watching that like a hawk no I, news i'm like yeah i don't know maybe we're waiting for cuts i have a feeling that might be the case is that we're going to get somebody on cut cut down days. Uh, reading up on Everson Griffin, I remember reading this like a month and a half ago, and for some reason my brain just blocked it out. But I think that that's not going to happen only because the initial report was that he wasn't asking for much, but then this other report is like, no, he wants to meet with teams in person before he makes a decision, and you can't do that right now. So that's why he hasn't signed. And that makes a lot of sense. Oh, uh, did you see Patrick Mahomes was like, hey, stick people who say stick to sports, shove it, <laughs> which I thought was like a great it's great to see, like, because he's the golden Agreed. boy right now. You know what I mean? Like he is the he's the the face of the NFL, uh, Captain Ketchup, Kermit himself. And it was great to see him uh, come out and and make a big statement. I think that that's awesome because he has a, he has a lot to lose, you know, and um, that's when when people with a lot to lose are saying something that's that's when, you know that there's real progress being made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's go. Kevin, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about the supporting casts of Seahawks past. Correct. Yeah. I have a, I have a little bit of a, um, uh, a game to play a trivia challenge, if you will. Um, based on the conversation we had last week, we were talking about supporting cast for one Russell Wilson. Okay. And how, you know, uh, maybe it hasn't been as up to snuff as we may have hoped in years past. And so I want to go over this. So I pulled out um, using Pro Football Reference, uh, anyone who doesn't use that site, that's a very good site to get your information from. And they do accept donations um, to be able to help out. Uh, I'll just go ahead and plug them real quick because they're very useful. They're, they're like play finder slash drive finder is a, a godsend. Once you figure out how to use it, they're like drive finder, play finder. Like someone the other day we were talking about the new fourth down rule and how teams mm-hmm. might be able to fourth 15. They're like, and they said something like, Hey, what if they just run backwards? And I was like, so they can run like 20 seconds off the clock. And they claimed teams come back to tire, win the game with 20 seconds left on the clock all the time. So I was like, okay, drive starting 30 seconds or less team came back to tire win the game. I was able to like punch it right in happened one time in the last, since they started charting, uh, which was that play. It's the play where Gronk goes for the tackle and misses the one with the dolphins, <laughs> which like, I, I, it just, it break, uh, that's such a great call to it. He's like, Gronk doesn't have the angle, you know? And it's like, and then Gronk, Gronk just dives and tries to tackle him. It's just so awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, a that's, that's kind of, um, I, I love that website. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, very good stuff. 
Okay, so I use their uh, player value ranking, which does take into effect uh, counting stats. So if you have high value, you have to be pretty efficient, but you also have to have volume. And I use that to put together who the number one, number two, and number three receiving options were for the team. So this is going to oh, be wide receivers receiving, and tight ends. Receivings only. So like I can't go. Marshawn Lynch is the best best weapon he had every single year for the first like five years. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to, I wanted to pull. I wanted to narrow it to the passing game. So oh. this is from 2012 to 2019. Okay. Uh, I will say first of all, four players were the number one receiving option. Can you guys okay. guess who those four players were? All right, Doug Baldwin. Okay. Tyler Lockett. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go Sydney Rice. Okay. And Golden Tate. Okay. Eric. I had Golden Tate. I don't think it's gonna be Sydney Rice. I feel like there's a there's one we're just missing. Oh, uh, uh Mike Williams. The the BMW, the big yeah, Mike Williams. BMW. Okay. What? And Mike Williams, Doug Baldwin, and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, Nathan nailed it. I just no. Oh, yes. It right yes. So back uh, we had podcast zero for six. Sidney <laughs> <laughs> Rice, I feel like, was good that first that yeah, rookie year. Yeah. yeah, he was like yeah. he wasn't like great, but I I always felt like he was better than people gave him credit for, and he just could have stayed healthy. I think he would have been really awesome, but he no, his body did not participate. <laughs> In, the, in my in my optimism for Sydney Rice, he's still only thirty three. I just googled it. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, his lower body died. Um, yeah. His lo- his lower body's in his in its fifties. Uh, so, with those four players, uh, that's a combined eight seasons, and I think we can all agree a PFF grade above eighty is a good season, right? Okay. So, sure. how many of those eight seasons do you think our top receiver had a grade of eighty or above? I'm going to go three. I think three is safe. I'll go two. Uh, the correct answer is five. Really? Okay. Oh, six. Sorry, six. Okay, so that's like um, really 2019, 2019 Tyler Lockett. Yep. 2018 Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Lockett. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then 2015 through 2017, Doug Baldwin. Yep. Okay. And right. what's the last one? Oh, there's there's one more? That's the, five. Or six. Oh, there's six. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, gosh, this other one's going to be hard. Uh, 2013 Golden Tate. I nope, don't know. 79.9. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a kind of a decent season, but I, I don't know. I no, could... this will make you really happy. What, what would the happiest answer you have on there? Uh, really? 20, 2013 Golden Tate didn't no, make 20, it? 2012 Sydney Rice. Oh, what's 81.6. Okay. All right. 2012 Sydney Rice. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like shocked 2013 Golden Tate, though. 79.9. That is really close, I guess. Yeah. And then 2014 Doug Baldwin was 78.4. So our number one receiving option has been pretty good, especially uh, three of those years, those three Doug Baldwin years. It was uh, 84.4, 86.1, 88.1. So um, and then for PFR value, um, it was a value 10 or above season, which 10 or above is like your Pro Bowl season or however you want to put that. Right. So our number one receiving options have been pretty good. Would you say we can all agree on that? Yeah, I think that no, generally he's had like a, a look to number one weapon and usually like a a decent number two option. Never like because, you know, obviously we're going to look at like a lot of Golden Tate seasons and then some some uh, Lockett seasons. You'd think a lot Baldwin. of Golden Tate seasons, wouldn't you? Except how many seasons did Golden Tate play with uh, Russ? Three. Three. Two. Oh, it's only the first two. 
Yeah, because remember we drafted him in 2010. He was part of that first uh, Pete Carroll draft. Okay. So he had 2010, 2011, and then 12, 13, and end of the rookie deal because he wasn't a first rounder. Wow. Does that mean in, does that mean in 2014, like the number two wide receiver was Jermaine Curse? That is a fact. Growth. <laughs> Our 2014 number two wide receiver was Jermaine Curse. Yeah. It marks one of two times that our uh, number two receiver has had a PFF grade below oh, 70. That was the that was what the season where we were supposed to have like Percy Harvin, right? And then yep. he, he uh, didn't work out. That was that was the season we made the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, three good but, runs. All right, so uh, so Jermaine Curse 2014 is one of those seasons. What is the other season our number two receiver? scored a 70 or below pff grade um 2016 uh 2016 was james graham at 85.4 with an eight on a pfr uh value which is pretty good yeah i just remember 2016 is like the low touchdown russell wilson season so i just thought maybe that might have been it um this is definitely uh, a low point for Russell Wilson, but not for touchdowns. I was gonna say it's got to be um. What what year did did Indomitian Sue kill him? Twenty seventeen. Donkey Donkey Kong Sue. Yeah. So was it twenty seventeen? It was twenty seventeen. And can you name the receiver? That's the the number the number receiver. Yep. The number the second highest rated receiver behind. Uh, Baldwin, oh, uh, the be... second highest value for a receiver, and it's uh, actually a tie. Pa- Paul Richardson, Paul Richardson, oh, Paul and Richardson. Tyler Lockett tied. That was the year Paul, uh, the Tyler Lockett died. And yeah, he got so, hurt. Like he only played like five games, right? Yes, and they both had uh, Paul Richardson sixty six point nine, uh, Tyler Lockett sixty seven point three. I remember being so mad that we didn't re-sign Paul Richardson, and then. Like, if you look at his stats from the last couple of years, it's like, oh, that, that worked out fine. Yeah, yeah turns he out he was just David Moore 1.0. It's like, he didn't, he he hasn't done enough since we since he left us to make me uh, even feel a little bit sad. And I'll say this, too. I'm going to throw this out there. Dwayne Haskins at the end of last year was starting to play kind of good. So I, yeah. I don't even I don't even blame him. Uh, it's, you can't blame Dwayne Haskins for the fact that he got like 200 yards receiving last year. Uh, okay. Good for, good for him for cashing in though, because it isn't his contract pretty pretty juicy. Uh, he made a decent bit of money on a second deal. It was it was short, him. but it had a good a good signing bonus. Here, I'm a, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google that part. More than what we were gonna pay him, that's for sure. So I'll throw um, down some stats while you're doing that real quick. So, yeah. um, our number two receivers only had over 900 yards twice. Our number two receiver has only had 100 targets or more once. Our number two receiver has only had seven or more touchdowns twice. And our number two receiver has only had a PFF score of 80 or above four times. So sounds like we need pretty to throw mixed results on our number two receiver. Okay. Right? The Redskins are paying Paul Richardson $6 million this year to not play football for them. That seems like wanna, a poor choice. I just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, he signed a five-year, forty million dollar deal, and he'll get his last six million dollars of it this year to sit at home. Or if someone signs him, we should sign him. I mean, like team control deal. I don't even. <laughs> Did his body fall apart more? Uh, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, he got hurt again because that's okay. what he does. So, I uh, so what you can see here is significant like middling performance here last year dk metcalf 73.4 pff grade but he did have a um pfr value of eight 
which is right up there with Jimmy Graham in 2016, which was the 923 yard before he had that really empty 10 touchdown season. Um, Tyler Lockett in 2015, his rookie year when he was the amazing deep threat, um, had a value of nine. Uh, Doug Baldwin's 2013 season when he was our number two guy behind Tate and uh, Golden Tate's 2012 season when he was our number two guy behind Sidney Rice. So DK Metcalf 2019, Jimmy Graham 2016, Tyler Lockett 2015, 2013 with Baldwin and 2012 with Tate are the only times where we've had significant value from our number um, two receiver. Now we get to number three receiver. Number three receiver. Can anyone guess the three times a number three receiver has had 500 or more yards for the Seahawks in the Russell Wilson era? Okay. All right. Jim, Jimmy Graham uh, has got to be one of these. Incorrect. Oh, my gosh. Uh, is Tyler Lockett one? Tyler Lockett in 2016 and 2017 was our number three receiver okay, both geez, seasons. Okay. 555 and 597. Oh, that makes sense because it was like Baldwin, Richardson, Lockett. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see it now. Okay. All right. 2015. Wait, wait. 2015. Number three, our wide number receiver. three receiver had 685 yards. Uh, 2015 Seahawks. It was right before he fell off the earth. Huh. This is, uh, this is, this is challenge. This is the first one I felt like I, I just like in total brain farting. I cannot. Uh, I'm surprised that Eric's hatred hasn't summed his name. T- Tanner Mac. <laughs> it, it's, it's Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse. It's Jermaine Curse. Yeah. It's 685 yards. Is their number three receiver that year. I blocked your okay. name out, by the way. Jermaine Jermaine Curse has some. Okay, let me just say this about Jermaine Curse. I love him because he has some of the biggest plays in the uniform. And if we don't throw it on the goal line, that catch would also be like one of the biggest plays in team history. But on a game to game basis, uh, he was sometimes very frustrating to watch. Do you remember the yep. Naked Gun when Leslie Nielsen is just screwing everything up all movie, and at the very end, he saves the queen. That is Jermaine Curse. That's pretty accurate. Thank you. So PFR's uh, a, a value chart. Yeah. We're looking at a value from our number three receiver, 2019, three. 2018, four. 2017, six. I wonder. 2016, six. 2015, seven. 2014, three. That was Luke Wilson and Paul Richardson tied. <laughs> yes. 2013, four. I wonder if Luke Wilson was going to make an appearance. 2012, five, but that was Zach Miller. So he had a lot of efficiency on 396 yards. So I think what we have here is a tale of two halves. Up until 2014, the volume just wasn't there to be able to sustain three receivers doing very well. Once the volume got there, the value wasn't there. If you look from 2016 on. It's kind of uh, like a hodgepodge of a bunch of guys getting like three or 400 yards behind. Yep. Yeah, that's what, that's what I remember. It's like it's a bunch of dudes just like like on a game-to-game basis, like how good is David Moore? Not good, but every once in a while he has like 100 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, wow, where, why, where was that game? Where's that game been all my life? Right, <laughs> just been More saving like it up. Some, some guy will just randomly have an awesome game, and that happens all the time for us because we have all these kind of like journeyman wide receivers. So I'm going to give you a scenario here that I think is very attainable. And it would make for a very different looking passing game. Let me tell you a little story 
about the 2019 Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott threw 80 more passes, exactly 80 more passes with 47 more completions. Um, So that would be about a 60% completions percentage. You could figure Russ would probably get a little bit more out of that. To the following three targets, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb. Do we think that Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and either David Moore or Philip Dorsett can be at least as good as Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb? Um, I'm going to say no, to be really? honest with you. Um, one, I think, well, okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been watching a lot of, like, just tape while I've just had it on a lot. And Michael Gallup is really good, like, way better than I thought. And I'm like kind of hyped about Michael Gallup. <laughs> so so that's definitely coloring my perception here. I've watched a couple of videos of him and he's just a really good route runner. So you think mu- Michael Gallup is a better is better than Tyler Lockett? Or DK um, I think Amari Cooper is better than both of those guys. And then I think Michael Gallup is close enough to those two guys to odd out the difference. The question it becomes Randall Cobb sucks. Can Philip Lockett outperform Randall Cobb by enough to make a, the, up the difference? And since I'm since I, you know what? Since I am Philip Dorsett super fan number one, I'm gonna say yes. So never mind. I'm back on board. All right, because I was gonna give the next thing, which is um, DK Metcalf's great uh, PFF grade last year was zero point four points lower than Michael Gallup's. Oh, I don't. DK I don't Metcalf's PFR value was it. one point lower. I don't doubt it that they're both they're both. I'm just saying I'm kind of hyped about Michael Gallup. I think he's I kind agree. Of, I think Michael kind Gallup's quite good. Kind of sneaky underrated. I would put him in like he's like the same kind of guy as like a Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett. That's like his trajectory, and he's on the way up too. He's 24, so I'm kind of um I'm kind of on the I'm all bo- all board the hype train, dude. Colorado State, let's go. But what I'm I know you love Mountain West football, Kevin. I do love Mountain West football. <laughs> what I'm saying, and I've also been a Michael Gallup truther since he came into the league. But with that in mind, I think that there's a good chance the total productivity of our top three receiving options will be very comparable to the 2019 Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, be and nice. if that's the case, that is a very potent passing attack. Um, you're looking at probably about 800 more yards uh, in the air which spread out over 16 games. You're looking at um, getting close to that 300 passing yards a game. How did the Cowboys get CD lamb? Uh, <laughs> other teams fucked up. We talked about this during the so It's so fresh. It's so frustrating for me because them. it's like, like you already are saying, as you already said, Kevin, they have a very good wide receiving core. Amari Cooper is awesome. Now it's Amari Michael, Cooper, Michael Gallup and CD lamb. And they add, dumb. they just add CD lamb to it. Yeah. But they, do you think this does Bryant fell to them for some weird reason? You know what? Did this Kelly is from the Cowboys lasso. Rain it back in. <laughs> I I do think the Cowboys offense looks really good on paper. I'll just say that. They're... But what I think we could say is there's a really good chance this will be the best receiving core that um that Russ has had since he turned the corner as a pass catcher. Cuz I would say 2013 Tate, Baldwin, um and Jermaine Curse or Zach Miller whoever you want to fill in as that last spot. Mm-hmm. Um from a quality standpoint, was probably the next best receiving core we've had. Yeah, this receiving core is good because if you then you didn't even we haven't talked about the tight ends, which is that we have Olsen and and Uncle Uncle Bill, 
and we have uh, uh oh my gosh the guy we got from new england why did i i ran out of gas right there hollister. it was like <laughs> zach hollister yeah. this is what having two jacob kids hollister. does to your brain <laughs> jacob hollister don't don't have a second kid Just do you know stick jacob hollister had our third most targets last season that wasn't even close i believe it yeah absolutely. He, was, he was awesome down the stretch yeah, he, he put together a pretty decent season for like a number two tight end receiving. A fine safety valve. All right, Kevin. Yeah. Anything? Anything else you want to? That was the there? closer. I was just saying, okay. if you think that our current talent's comparable to that Dallas talent, then we're saying that our current receiving core is going to be the best set of weapons Russ has had. I think it's. I think it's very, very, very possible. If everyone's healthy, this is easily the best offense we fielded in quite some time. And this offensive line. I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of excited about it because bare minimum, they put a bunch of athletes on there and got rid of Jermaine Effetti. So it's like, like yes, athletes plus Jermaine, no Jermaine Effetti is going to be a big improvement. Um, yeah. I don't I don't want to bury Jermaine Effetti, but he was kind of an anchor. So. I don't want to bury Jermaine Effetti, but his career already did that. So moving yeah. on. Yeah. He, he, uh, I cannot believe how much money George Fant got in the in the offseason, too. It's insane so, so to me. sad. Okay. Um, I planned a little something, a little fun little game. This is our last podcast before we go into division previews, and and then we're gonna, and then we'll have like three straight weeks of just straight Seahawks content, hopefully, um, before the season starts. And then, so I I I wanted to do a little something that's kind of similar to what you did, Kevin, which is that people online whine and complain about Pete Carroll. They say Pete Carroll sucks. He sucks. He's a dinosaur. He wants to run. So I'm going to put make make you two put your money where your mouth is. Although I don't think you guys you guys have a more uh, middle take like I do, more reasonable take. But I'm going to love Uncle Pete and want to retire to team president. Yeah. Well, so you want you want to get rid of him, but we're going to go through. There are 32 coaches currently uh, holding NFL head coaching jobs. Uh, there are 31 who are not Pete Carroll. We're going to go through, and we're going to I'm going to ask you guys. Would you take this coach over one Pete Carroll? Some of these will be easy. Some of these will be hard. Okay. We're going to go in order of hiring date, starting with the most recent. <laughs> that is super arbitrary, but it's what I picked. All right. You ready? Fun. Yep. Let's do it. Most recently hired coach, Ron Rivera. Actually, I think I think by year it's sorted by team name. So just these are just 2020 hires. Ron Rivera, would you take him over Pete Carroll? I love no. the riverboat gif, but no. No, I, th- I think Ron Rivera is like basically budget Pete Carroll. All right. How about how about Joe Judge, the coach for the Giants? Get out of here. Uh, you don't want are you we... want the Patriots special teams coordinator? Wait, is at it least okay? at least our special teams will be good. We won't have stupid shot Schneider anymore. The bad Schneider. If this is for the host of my favorite TV show, Judge Joe Judge, then I'm still picking Pete Carroll. All right. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Next, oh. remember Mike McCarthy told told uh, told Jerry Jones that he watched all of the Cowboys games, and then he was like, "Yeah, I lied about that." <laughs> it's like, dude, what? What is wrong with you, uh, Kevin Stefanski? No, no, <laughs> Matt Matt Rule. No. I really like Matt Rule. If we were talking about for a college team, yes. <laughs> for the NFL, no. I think if it's like part of the Pete succession plan, but. Sure. And like Pete's still going to be around. But if it's just like, hey, we got to fire Pete Carroll to get Matt Rule. No, thanks. Uh, yeah, the Bruce, college NFL transition is very hard. Bruce Arians. No. Absolutely not. No way. I hate, I hate Bruce Arians. He's so, he's so arrogant and old. And his hat's so stupid. Adam Gase. Also, he's just had less success. Like, that, that can't be understated. 
Adam, yeah, uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians, people act like he's done so much. Uh, he, he's won two coaches of the years and, uh, he's one and two all time in the play or, uh, yeah, one and two all time in the playoffs. So, uh, maybe he's, just, he's had some, maybe, lucky just, chi- maybe just chill, maybe just chill out with the Bruce Arians hype. Okay. <laughs> this is with his one playoff win. Okay. That's not some stupid hats there. Um, Adam Gase. <laughs> Oh God! Next, uh, Brian Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores. There's uh, a few things kind of promising about him. Uh, it's a hard no. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a no. It's no a way. no from me, dog. Matt Lafleur. Oh, uh, he's uh-huh. a French coach. French coach yeah. Lafleur. If we move uh-huh. the team to Vancouver, maybe. Uh, Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver is not French. Mont- Mont- no, but it's Canada, so it's a half funny joke. Uh, um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not taking Matt Lafleur. Uh, Vic Fangio. No. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Vic Fangio, the guy who will frustrate you in all the same ways as Pete Carroll while being not as cool as Pete Carroll. Zach Taylor. No. Mm-mm. But he doesn't. But he spells Zach with just a C. Oh. I appreciate the efficiency, but no, that means he's I, I mean, he Cliff. has one two and fourteen t- uh, season, and I honestly don't know what he is. Yeah, I would. It's just too big of a mystery box for me too. Cliff Kingsbury, who doesn't have a winning record as a college coach, no. <laughs> Mike Mike Vrabel. Now this is this is uh, where we start to get interesting. Is it? <laughs> so Mike Vrabel is interesting because he can coach at an NFL level, but I feel I, and you would be getting younger. But I would rather just write out the last couple of years of Pete. Or if you're talking about for just the 2020 season, then I'm still taking Pete. The yeah. way that they ran the ball last season and just kind of pounded it on the ground, I feel like it's all the same problems in a younger body. The cool thing about Mike Vrabel is he said he would cut off his dick to win the Super Bowl. Yes. So, yep. so that's pretty cool. Lucky but guy didn't uh, get to the Super Bowl. I'll take a, I'll take Pete instead. Yeah, I mean, it's got to sure. be Pete. I think his I, wife felt about that. I think it's interesting just because, like you said, it's a younger Pete, like younger Pete problems. But Vrabel kind of came under out of nowhere to surprise me. It's interesting, but still Pete. Yeah, uh, John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm going full <laughs> Gruden. I'm going full Gruden. That Gruden, uh, Mike. I will, no. get, I will say this: we get Luke Wilson off the roster. We run Spider Two Wide Banana. If you look at Las Vegas's roster for this year, it's like kind of good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Coach hasn't been a good coach since like 2003. I mean, but he definitely has a hand in that roster construction. I kind of, I kind of dig Gruden, but he's definitely worse than Pete. Uh, Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich's a really good coach, and I really like the job that he's doing. Um, again, I'm not going to dump Pete for Frank Reich, but I would, I would be really happy if he was like the guy that we hired as OC slash coach in waiting. I'd agree with that statement, uh, but I refuse to dump on Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach. He's fine. Uh, he, I, he's not in. He's not on this level of guys. I would replace Pete with Matt Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> a little, uh, that's a little coaching humor. No, uh, uh, Matt, Matt Nagy. Also, no. Matt, what do we get? Do we get a, 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 a Mr. Mack? Biscay? Do we get Mr. Biscay with him? I, I like how you said Mitch Trubisky. I actually named a player I want. <laughs> I okay. I kind of like Matt Nagy from like a, pers- a coach. personality coaching standpoint. I think he's just a tier below Pete Carroll. Uh, 
in terms of acquiring assistant coaching talent and stuff like that. All right, we're starting. Now we're going to get into an area of people you might actually say yes to. Cause I think the first, all those first guys are just kind of slam dunk nose. Okay. Here we go. Kyle Shanahan. Ooh, right. I'm still going real... to go with no, but man, Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. So if Kyle Shanahan's like, I want to coach the Seahawks. I'll bring over my coaching, my whole coaching staff. You got to just, you just got to can Pete Carroll. He's not going to be able to keep Bob though. That's part of it. Um, and I, I, I think this is a, a legitimate complaint or, or kind of detail about if we brought him here, it would be so exciting and we wouldn't win a Super Bowl. I, I think he got 10 wins in the first two seasons and, uh, I just can't imagine Pete Carroll doing that poorly. Push comes to shove. Like Pete Carroll has, he had some pretty gnarly rosters those first couple of years and he took them both to seven and nine records. Coaching and, makes you make at least one hard decision or one hard to stomach, like take a step back to take two steps forward. And I don't know if Kyle Shanahan can do that. I really don't. Uh, Sh- Sean McVay. No, no. He's 34 years old and he never forgets anything. Now, did I convince you? <laughs> no, I'm on. I'm kind of into Sean McVay. I'm not going to lie. Like this is a one that this is a tough one for me. He's I basically have, collapse last year. No, it's a no for me. He, they went nine and seven last year. Yeah. You can say you can call that a collapse if you want. That's a good. That's still a good season. That yeah, they barely missed the playoffs. I don't think it's collapse. a really good season. I, I don't. The that, other thing the, is Jeff uh, Fisher thinks was, that's a good season. He was part of the group that thought it was a good idea to sign Jared Goff to a big contract. That's true. I, um, he's part of a group that made a decision to trade away all their first round picks. I, and um, you could tell his offensive scheme to an extent was figured out. I'm not 100% sure how much McVeigh. So McVeigh, I don't know how much of a hand in roster construction he has. The more that he has influenced the way the Rams have constructed this roster, the less that I want him. And that's something I would try to figure out in the interview. Like if I was like trying to interview him, like, you know, for the job, like I'm interviewing him to, to be the coach of the Seahawks. I'm trying to figure out how much did he decide, make influence these decisions? If it's like kind of out of his hands and it's like Stan Kroenke's an idiot and kind of pushing the buttons, then then I'm into I'm into Sean McVay. But if it's like, hey, yeah, I totally wanted to pay four guys 80 percent of my salary cap, then I'm out. Sean McVay's and Sean McVay's a moron. So I would I would kind of try to suss that out in the in the hiring process. Anthony Lynn, no. No. Doug Marone. Doug Marone. No. no. Um, okay, Sean McDermott. I like Sean McDermott a lot as a coach. Mm. And I think philosophically, he's the kind of guy who can take over for a Pete Carroll team without really missing stride. Understands how to use a running quarterback. Got he's got Josh Allen. Um that's really but all. But now Josh we'll have to figure out how to use a throwing quarterback. Exactly. Um I, uh, understands how to make a defense out of spare fucking parts. I really like, dude, Kevin, Man, you're I putting so really many coins in the spare, in the spare jars. jar this day. <laughs> dude, Kevin's going to have to sign up for a Patreon when everyone cancels this week because Kevin swore too much. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't think Sean McDermott is innovative enough. Uh, I think Sean McDermott right. is also the kind of guy who uh, does really well in NFL circles and can attract quality assistance. So, so far, I, I, I like Sean McDermott a lot for this. So far, I'm, I'm the only like, sort of yes on McVeigh and Kevin is sort of yes on McDermott and then everyone else, everything else is no's. Um, I'm, I'm going no on McDermott, by the way, Doug Peterson. Yeah. I like Doug Peterson a lot. 
um, I would be comfortable with that move. Uh, again, I, I at this point, but would you I'm would you not do willing it? to force out Pete Carroll for pretty much anybody? So no, but like he's right there with McDermott. What if I told you he went to Ferndale High School? That doesn't do anything for me. That's that's like right down the you know right right up the street. North End. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> he was born in Bellingham. So Kevin's just like you Kevin's know what? Battle care. lines. I don't I don't care about anything that's north of Seattle. Practically Canada. Forget Doug, Doug Peterson is very tantalizing, but it reminds me of an old Seahawks coach with local ties, uh, with a D name, who uh, who we thought was going to be real good. Any anyone gonna? Dennis, uh, what's his name? One on the coach, Oregon. Erickson. Yes. Uh, how could I forget with my name? Ooh, it's late. Uh, yeah, Dennis Erickson. Reminds me of that. Uh, someone who you think might work out pretty well, but ultimately, uh, no, not for Pete. It's a yes for me. All right. Wow. Uh, I just think Doug Peterson's innovative. One thing I like about what Doug Peterson does, uh, comparative to other coaches in the NFL, is he doesn't try to fit other things into what he wants to do. He changes what his offense is doing based on the parts that he has. Um, and I think that that's incredibly smart and uh, it shows a willingness to change and grow that I don't see from Pete Carroll. It's the thing that's bothers me about the most about Pete Carroll. So I think Doug Peterson would be, uh, I'd be totally into that. Uh, Dan Quinn. No, <laughs> no. Mike I do Zim- like Dan Quinn a lot though. I think that Mike, Dan Quinn is a tier below. I agree. Mike Zimmer. No, no. Uh, he's in the uh, same tier as Dan Quinn. I agree. Tier below. Bill O'Brien. No, two tiers <laughs> below that. I'll say this. I think Bill O'Brien's a good football coach. He had four AFC South championships in the past six years. He's pretty good football coach. He is a terrible general manager. And the only reason and he has a terrible person. Oh, wait, he has four division championships in the last five years. And the reason that he is such a bad general manager is because he tampered so hard with his general manager hiring that they couldn't even get it. So now he was forced to be the GM and he sucks at it. Um, what an idiot. Uh, Bill O'Brien, no, for me, because I uh, too stupid. Uh, <laughs> Andy Reid. Andy Reed. Uh, if Andy Reid was younger, I would think about it, but I'm not going to. I would rather let Pete Carroll write it out than swap for Andy Reid. And I mean, also, I feel like Doug Peterson is young Andy Reid. Man, yes, how I, cool could it be to see Andy Reid with Russell Wilson? Wow, I just God, that would be really. I sad. don't, I don't want this trade. Kind of like Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson's great, but I don't want to see it um, unless it had to happen. But geez, just thinking about that for a second, I, I would take Andy Reid over uh, Pete right now. I just think he's a better fit for the, how much for for Russ and while letting Russ cook and all that stuff. So um, I'm into it. I'm okay with it. There you go. Uh, the next coach on the list is Pete Carroll. Would you? I'm just kidding. Uh, John John Harbaugh. What if the Hurricanes' name was Hurricane Dick? <laughs> uh, John Harbaugh. Yeah, I'd do it. John Harbaugh might be my like low key favorite coach in the NFL. John Harbaugh completely changed his coaching uh, in order to accommodate the talent that they had, and I mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a lot of what we just talked about with Doug Peterson. I mean, um, Harbaugh is on that list with Peterson for me of guys that I would really have to take a strong look at. One one losing season in eleven years uh, doesn't even the bottom out season at five and eleven. I mean, they stuck with him because I think they knew. Like, and the thing is, is that Flacco got kind of bad 
you know, and that, yeah. that they, 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 their low points coincide with Flacco not being good anymore. And so then they had to move on to a new quarterback. And if Russ got a career ending injury, we would probably bottom out in a similar way and go like, you know, six and 10, eight and eight as we worked our way back. So I, I don't really blame him for those kind of three mediocre seasons from 15 to 17. And I, yeah, Harbaugh's awesome. So he also has the ability. The thing is, it's thinking for me how Harbaugh is. He has been very successful, but a lot of his success is connected to his general manager, both the past general manager and now his new general manager is a wizard as well. Yeah, their front office is one of the best in all of football they, and has they, been for like two decades. They they pa- they passed the torch to DaCosta and he has just taken it and started just killing everyone the same way that yeah, they have like, for He's years. doing such a good job that people forget Newsom retired. Yeah, they're like, is Ozzie Newsom still, is Ozzie Newsom still destroying uh, us? And they're like, no, no, it's Eric DaCosta now, but same thing, basically. Yeah. Basically, so, he is from the grave. Like that's my trip. With a mustache, is that the, no. <laughs> that's my trip. like trep- Bobby Valentine coming back into the dugout. <laughs> that's my trepidation with, with, uh, with Belichick, though. It's like, with how Harbaugh. much of his, Harbaugh, sorry. Harbaugh, how much of his success is linked to the fact that he's had a, a plus GM for his entire tenure as a coach. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it sucks because one thing is that I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2010, he was a finalist for our GM position, but yeah. he, he, he backed himself out and that sucks. Cause man, I would have loved to have DaCosta. I mean, not that I, I'm unhappy with Schneider John Schneider. Too. Schneider yeah. has worked out quite well, but Eric DaCosta is a, it's a hell of a GM. Okay. Mike Tomlin. No. Yeah, it's a no. That's a no for me. I don't like Mike, Mike Tomlin, Tomlin has about the same amount of success in uh like four more seasons of football. No. Mike uh, the cool thing about Mike Tomlin is he's never had a losing season as a head coach. He should get to coach Pittsburgh until the end of time, but I'm just comparing him to Pete Carroll. And I just would slightly rather have Pete Carroll than Mike Tomlin. Okay, I think Mike Tomlin is a, a, a freaking good head coach. He's like the probably like eighth best head coach in the league. I actually listed them all out and I had, I put Pete Carroll. Well, you'll see. I'll put him sixth. He's <laughs> Sean, a Sean, he's crafty and he's scrappy. Like he will. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. No, no. I feel like you're trading defensive Pete Carroll for offensive Pete Carroll. And that's not the game that I'm playing. Um, I like Sean Payton. And one, uh, so I'm going to say yes. And one thing I think is really interesting about Sean Payton is, is he has the weird ability to stretch a roster in ways that I think are really insane. New Orleans is always loaded up every single year. Like they are rolled up every year to make another run. And so for me, that is something that I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. And so it's, you know, partly him is partly Mickey Loomis, but they are always rolled up. And I feel like that's, um, that's, he has a lot of influence on that team. Um, so I, I like Sean Payton and I, I think it'd be a good change. So I'm, I'm into Sean Payton. I, t- I took Sean Payton over Pete. All right. The last one's a slam dunk. Bill Belichick. I love you so much, Pete, but yeah, I'm taking Bill. Uh, Obviously. You know- the, the move to a, a younger head coach here is just too good to pass up. I think it's I'll like have to take the up-and-coming kid, Bill Belichick. I mean, obviously you take Belichick. How much younger is he? He's a couple years younger. No, they're both 68, I think. I'm going to look it up. Okay, Move so to Belichick, Seattle and uh, call him the flannel. Belichick was born in April 
1952. And Pete Carroll was born in September of 1951. <laughs> There's like a five month difference. Six Steve? months? What's that? That's It's like half a year. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Give me BB. Youth um, movement. Bill Belichick. So coaches I would take. Younger, um, always compete. The, co- the coaches I decided I would take. I would take. Um, I had five. Uh, Pete, Peyton, Harbaugh, Reed, and Peterson. That was the list for me. Um, I think that there's a couple other ones that I could be talked into, depending on the circumstances. Shanahan, McVay, some of the young coaches that I that are that are seeming really strong. But I would I would need some convincing because to be honest, like I don't think Pete Carroll feels like he's really close to retiring. It doesn't seem like it. So f- I would five more years of Pete. Five years is like a lifetime in the NFL. You know, it's like I don't of the NFL head coaches only. Uh, one like 10 of them have been in their job since 20 2015 or earlier so it's it's just five years is forever in this job and i don't know if pete's pete's ready to coach till he's 73 then so be it there's only a few guys i'd want more than bryant of the nfl so what um your guys' lists were even shorter weren't they yeah kevin kevin and i think both I, i wasn't really keeping track of kevin's but like i have two but I said, yes, there's probably two you could probably talk me into, and then maybe two after that that I'd just be like, fine. The guys I would strongly consider are Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, and Sean McDermott. Yeah. I mean, Doug Peterson is an interesting test case. I mean, it's it's like, I love him for like so many reasons. And then I think that, like last year, they're – roster was held together with spaghetti noodles <laughs> they still managed to get to the playoffs and play pretty decently in our game even though you know what i mean so i don't know i'm i'm a i'm a moderate believer yeah well and being 52 attracting a lot of talent coming off of a really good coaching tree i think there's a lot of reasons to believe he's gonna be a successful coach long term all right seahawks nest fans here's your job Send me a message on the on the on the Discord or in the in the twi- in the Twitter. <laughs> what coaches what coaches would you take right now over Pete? I want to see if your list is a lot longer than mine. I would love to discuss it because I think that it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation, you know. And if your list includes guys who are not current coaches in the NFL, I'd be interested in in that too. You know, if you're like, yeah, well, I'd also take um, who's Lincoln the guy at Oklahoma? Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. Which I mean, that guy's just gonna, that guy's coaching the Cowboys in in four years, so just get over that now. But but I, I hate it already. You don't think McCarthy's gonna last? Not, not the McCarthy I don't know. Era. Here's the thing, Jason He's got Garrett, a lift with sixteen names on it. Jason Garrett lasted about four hundred times longer than I ever expected him to last in in Dallas. So maybe, but. All right. Anyway, whatever. Let's get to the money zone. If the, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, but the best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and for as little as a dollar twenty four a month, jump in the Discord, get get be a part of the the action, and also uh, in season get our uh, fantasy football and betting advice. Uh, thank you to the new Patreons, Mark, Jay, Lucas. You guys are crushing it. Um, I love you. <laughs> uh thank you for that and to all the patreons who have been oh man i clicked the wrong button welcome to costco i love you <laughs> you're you're cool 
Uh, I just want everyone to fill in the rest because uh, you should be. Thank because you I've already put enough in the swear jar. Lucas, Timothy, James, Brett, Carrie, Tom, Brandon, Nick, Jay, Bob, Richard, Kieran, Mike, Flocktimus, Keith, Michelle, Brian, and everyone else who's currently donating to the CXNS podcast. Thank you for keeping us going. We uh, It's really helpful. Uh, we hope that we are making your COVID life a little better. Although I phase 1.5, man, here we go. We can, uh, you can go to a restaurant, 25% capacity. You can, uh, I'm going to see a friend in person this weekend. You can get your, you can get your haircut. Uh, dude, I need my haircut so bad. Here's the thing is because my job's not going to make me go back to work until the fall. And Amanda's job is letting her work remote until the fall. We talked about it and we're like, we're just, since we have a a two, a one month old, we're like, we're just going to keep social distancing (laughs) until, we have like the we have the flexibility from our jobs to do that. That's a very reasonable uh, decision. It's it's I feel bad for other people who either like who would who also would like to make the same decision who have like young kids that they want to protect or immunocompromise, but their work's like, hey, we're work we're working again. You got to come back. Like that that's awful. That sucks. So yes. uh, yeah. So um, best of luck out there. Be- good good luck. Uh, the Rona. Fight, fight, fight on. Here we go. I don't know what to it's say. Like, still it's out like, there. It's, don't, don't it's act the, like it's not out there. The invisible enemy, man. Like I, it's like weird. Cause like there's visible enemies, right? Like, uh, like the, like the police, but then there's invisible enemies <laughs> like this that you have to, I don't even know. Like it's crazy because it, you can't see it. So it, it makes it hard to like convince people that it's important. You know, you feel like you have to convince people that it still matters. Uh, by the way, if you think that when you're going to talk to somebody, that is the time to pull your mask down. So that you can talk more clearly. Don't don't do that. I mean, yeah. you're listening to our podcast, so clearly you're smarter than that. But just in case there's a you maybe are making that mistake or you know someone else making that mistake, the reason you are wearing that mask is so when you are in proximity, you are not breathing your <laughs> mouth particles on other people. So yeah, you, if you then and- go to take it off, you're you're messing that up. Another thing too is is if you don't need to if you're not within six feet of anyone. You don't need to wear a mask. So like when in I see people car. in your car, take the mask <laughs> off, dude. You don't need to wear a – what's the thought process there? When I see someone in the car with a mask, I'm like, what is this person thinking? Like, I wonder if they're doing like deprivation training. Get that off your face. Like do you, do you just hate yourself that much that you just want to be slightly uncomfortable all the time? I just think the they're time? trying to like reenact Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do anyway. Maybe they're doing a like Darth uh, Vader impression in their car. Oh man, it's just, it's just funny. Like the, it's, it's just weird, uh, out there, but there, what I was gonna say is that when I go to, I go to the store, I do, uh, I do click list. So they, just, I just open the back of my car and someone puts all their groceries in there and then I don't have to like see anyone or talk to anyone. But the guy who brings me my groceries, he's wearing a mask, but yeah. he doesn't put it over his nose. He, <laughs> he puts it over only over his mouth. My guy, like, my guy pulled point, it down pointless. to talk to me. It was exactly yeah. what Kevin said. Um, like, I like the graphic that's going around there where it shows, uh, the uh, person wearing the mask under their nose and then it shows the dude wearing the uh, tidy whities and the little wiener poking out of the top. Like, you don't wear this like this. Don't wear that like That's that. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, the um, movie movie club today. All right, um, I, this I'm is, good. I always want to tell you guys, this is the last week of us giving suggestions like this. And then we're going to go back to watching a movie or picking a movie together. So, wow. this, if you've enjoyed the uh, suggestions version, uh, leave us a comment in the box telling us that you'd like us to bring it back. Otherwise, we're going back to the uh, one of us posts a movie in the uh, group chat and then we all watch it and talk about it kind of thing. 
Yeah, maybe so. we throw it. May, uh, if this is popular, maybe we can do it for the Patreons. Throw it on the yeah. Patreon podcast. Do the recommendations yeah, for streaming. Sounds, sounds good. All right, so uh, Kevin, what do you got? What's your what's your suggestion this week? Okay, I have one to stream and one you have to go find. Oh, uh, scavenger hunt. So LA ninety two is on Netflix. Um, a lot of people are of an age. You know, we got a lot of youths out there. If you are a youth who is not around in ninety two with the riots in LA and don't really know what that's about. I feel like that's culturally relevant and it does a pretty decent job of explaining things. So LA 92 on Netflix. Um, if you want something that hits a little harder, uh, this is a movie that I think is excellent because it's doing one thing and it does it very, very well. And it's, um, I'll be honest, this movie, uh, this movie wrecked me. Um, I saw it a couple years back, and I watched it again a little more recently, and that's Fruitvale Station. Okay, uh, yeah, good one. This is a movie that is not currently on streaming services, but it is a real-life story of uh, a victim of uh, police-initiated violence, um, a man who lost his life. And it's a crazy story, but the way that the movie puts it together... Um, it really makes you feel it and like you feel it strong. And I think it can lend some perspective for those of us who've been lucky enough to not have to have perspective on that before. Um, one thing, Kevin, uh, have you heard of Tubi TV? Yes. Um, it's like, a. is it on like, Tubi? Yeah, it's on Tubi. It's ad, it's oh, like okay. a, it's like an ad supported, uh, like streaming service. So you can watch Fruitvale Station on Tubi. And it's not, Tubi isn't that annoying with their ads. It can be a little annoying, but not too much. It's, it's like Hulu with ads or like uh, Voodoo with ads. It's not yeah. super bad. It's, it is, and that movie is not super bad. I mean, it's not a comedy at all. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew Thank that would you make you so mad, Kevin. Uh, Eric. Um, I went mental health this week. Uh, it's, it's been kind of rough around uh, with everything couple <laughs> one recommendation one i just want to tell everyone i watch this um there's a tv show on hulu that is a uh, hulu tv show it is from the makers of rick and morty morty it's called solar opposites i was like this is going to be dumb it's going to be rick and morty light and in some ways it is but like any good tv show i like around episode three Episode four, I was super into it and laughing and having a great time. So Solar Opposites, if you think it's going to be dumb, it is, but in a good way. And then the, uh, there, I think there's eight or nine episodes in the season. They're, you know, 30 minutes. And the show I just want to, the movie I want to let everyone know I watched, I watched Stay Tuned on Amazon Prime uh, because it's got two things I love, John Ritter and movies filmed in Seattle. I'm not recommending this. But there is a Sean Kemp dunk on the television during the movie. <laughs> Nathan, please take us away. All right. Um, I wanted to recommend something uh, sweet this week that just like could get people uh, just having fun a little bit in this uh, in these uh, dark times. So uh, Takashi Miike, uh, Mike. I don't know how you say that. I think it's it's, too, it's uh, so anyway. His movies are on Hulu. Thirteen Assassins. Uh, the Blade of the Immortal. Um, 
if you don't like these movies, whatever, man, you don't like fun. Like <laughs> sometimes people just got to get murdered. And this is these movies. Uh, these movies have it. They got they got that. They're just uh, samurai movies with uh, lots of action and they're really fun. So uh, there you go. That's yeah, my uh, nice. That's my suggestion. There. Martial arts movies always make me smile. So, yeah, they're, I have fun with them. So, all right. Any, anything else before we head off? That's it. All right. For Kevin, for Eric, we'll see you next week. Go Hawks.